81% of Americans over the age of 65 feel the response by the Israeli government is fully justified, but just 27% of Americans 18 to 34 years old feel that way. The humanitarian crisis is also top of mind for many Americans. 71% of Americans feel a lot of sympathy for the people of Israel. 41% feel a lot of sympathy for the Palestinian people. Former UN Ambassador and 2024 Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley joins us now. Uh, Ambassador Haley, thanks so much uh, for joining us. If you were president right now, would you consider uh, using the U.S. special operations to rescue American hostages being held in Gaza? You just heard Jake Sullivan say that one of the complications with that is we don't know exactly where the hostages are, but I'm wondering how much you would consider such a thing. Thanks for having me, Jake. You know, I think it's important. You have to tell hard truths to Americans. And, and when you're talking about this, you know, and you showed those percentages of what people think and what they think we should do, you have to be honest with them. This is messy, right? I mean, we desperately want to get those American hostages out. But if you saw those kids in the hands of those terrorists, like with a mom heart, it made me sick to my stomach for all those parents having to see their children in those terrorist hands. So of course we want them out. But why isn't it so easy that we can do that? It's because we don't know where they are. And I have been in those tunnels that are massive, that are sophisticated, and that Hamas uses to hide equipment and ammunition and to do their dirty work and maybe to have those hostages. But where are those tunnels? They're underneath hospitals. They're underneath schools. They're in hard to find places. So this is incredibly tough. I feel for the Israeli families, I feel for the American families, and I feel for any other families who've lost a loved one or have someone in a hostage situation because it's really bleak right now and it's hard for anyone to feel good about this. Yeah, we just showed images that your, uh, your office gave us of when you visited Israel in, in 2017 and the IDF took you to those tunnels near uh, the kibbutz Ein uh, Shlashah. You said that because those tunnels in Gaza are near civilian sites, it's going to get bad. It's already pretty bad, obviously. There are more than uh, 2.3 million Palestinians in Gaza, more than half of them are children. Do you think the U.S., Israel, Egypt needs to be doing more to help these innocent Palestinian civilians get out of harm's way? Although you just heard Jake Sullivan say one of the problems is Hamas is keeping uh, the civilians in Gaza. They don't want them to leave. There are a couple of things at play here. Hamas is going to do everything they can to not have them leave because guess what? They want them all to die. One, they want to use them as human shields, but two, they want to blame Israel and show images of dead children and say, look at what Israel did. But don't ever forget what Hamas did. Don't ever forget those girls running for their life. Don't ever forget those babies that were killed in cribs. Don't ever forget the people that they were dragging through the streets. And what were they saying, Jake? They were saying death to Israel, death to America. That's who we're dealing with. But I dealt with this at the United Nations. You're going to hear all of those Arab countries vilify Israel for what's about to happen. You're going to hear all of them say, how dare you not do more for the Palestinian people? And you know what? We should care about the Palestinian citizens, especially the innocent ones, because they didn't ask for this. But where are the Arab countries? Where are they? Where is Qatar? Where is Lebanon? Where is Jordan? Where is Egypt? Do you know we give Egypt over a billion dollars a year? Why aren't they opening the gates? Why aren't they taking the Palestinians? You know why? Because they know they can't vet them and they don't want Hamas in their neighborhood. So why would Israel want them in their neighborhood? So let's be honest with what's going on. The Arab countries aren't doing anything to help the Palestinians because they don't trust 
who is right, who is good, who is evil, and they don't want it in their country. So they're going to come and blame America. They're going to come and blame Israel and don't fall for it because they have the ability to fix all of this if they wanted to. They have the ability to go in and tell Hamas right now to stop what they're doing. They have the ability to tell Hamas to let those people out. But you know what? Qatar's going to continue to work with Hamas and their leadership. Iran's going to continue to fund all of this and not say anything. And who's silent? Every one of those Arab countries are going to be silent. But expect for the finger to point to Israel and the finger's going to point to Israel, to America. I want you to take a listen to this um, statement um, that Governor Ron DeSantis made uh, about all, I guess he's talking about all of the 2.3 million Palestinians. Um, he, he said this on the campaign trail in Iowa yesterday. If you look at how they behave, not all of them are Hamas, but they are all anti-Semitic. None of them believe in Israel's right to exist. Now, now just for our viewers' edification, according to recent polling earlier this year uh, from the Washington Institute, which is a, 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 a pro-Israel group, using the polling of a Palestinian Center for Public Opinion. 62% of Gazans wanted the ceasefire with Israel to stay in place. 50% of Gazans want Hamas to stop calling for Israel's destruction, want Hamas to accept a permanent two-state solution based on the 1967 borders. 70% of Gazans wanted the Palestinian Authority from the West Bank to take over Gaza. So I'm not really certain that Governor DeSantis has a real read on the difference between Hamas and the people of Gaza. What was your response when you heard what Governor DeSantis said? You know, I dealt with this every day for two years. And, you know, what I can tell you is you have to realize that whether we're talking about Gazans and Palestinians, um, you know, all of them don't, you've got half of them at the time that I was there didn't want to be under Hamas's rule. They didn't want to have terrorists overseeing them. They knew that they were living a terrible life because of Hamas. You had the other half that supported Hamas and wanted to be a part of that. We see that with Iran, too. The Iranian people don't want to be under that Iranian regime. They don't. We saw what happened to Masa Amini. We saw how they treat them. There are so many of these people who want to be free from this terrorist rule. They want to be free from all of that. And America's always been sympathetic to the fact that you can separate civilians from terrorists. And that's what we have to do. But right now, we can never take our eyes off of the terrorists. I mean, what Hamas did was um, beyond thuggish, brutal, and sick. Um, what the Iranian regime is doing to help them is terrible. But let's look back at what did Biden do? Biden turned around and fell all over himself to get into the Iran deal. Obama did it before that. You gave all of this money. And what did you do? You empowered Iran to go and strengthen Hamas, strengthen Hezbollah, strengthen the Houthis to spread their terrorist activity. We went and strengthened those sanctions and decimated Iran's economy. And what happened? Biden has loosened the sanctions. Now we've got the fact that he gave $6 billion in hostage money. Okay, now you've frozen it. But we have all these American hostages. Guess what they're going to want? If you mm. gave them $6 billion for five people and released hostages, guess what they're going to be asking for all these others that we have? So we've created this scenario where you've given Iran, the Iranian regime, too much power, 
and too much pulling to be able to do this. We've got to be strong. We've got to have Israel's back. And remember, as awful as these images are, and we have the back of Israel because they've been hit terribly, we have to have the back of them when they hit back as well. So speaking of having Israel's back, I want you to take a listen to uh, what Donald Trump had to say about Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu a few days ago. He has been hurt very badly because of what's happened here. He was not prepared. He was not prepared, and Israel was not prepared. And under Trump, they wouldn't have had to be prepared. He went on to call Hezbollah, which the U.S. classifies as a terrorist group, very smart. He called the defense minister a jerk, uh, and he went on and on. Um, this was, I think, Wednesday, so four days after the deadliest day for the Jewish people since the Holocaust. What was your response when you heard that? It's why I continue to say it is time for a new generational leader. We've got to get past the headlines of the past. I mean, look, he congratulated the Chinese Communist Party not too long ago. He's saying Hezbollah is smart. I can tell you at the United Nations, um, when I was there and I dealt with all of them every day, you don't go and compliment any of them. Because what that does is that makes America look weak. It doesn't make America look strong. It doesn't make America have friends with them. What you do is you show strength. You let them know what we expect of them. So complimenting Hezbollah and going and complimenting the Chinese Communist Party or criticizing a leader who has just watched so many of his citizens brutally murdered. It's the wrong place at the wrong time. This isn't about Trump. It's not about him. It's not about what happened in the past. We've got to look forward. This is going to be tough days ahead for everyone involved. This is not the time to sit there and bash a leader. This is a time to sit there and give him the support he needs, give the Israeli people the support they need, and to help us get through this in the best way possible. Before you go, um, the House still doesn't have a speaker for the first time in American history. This is nearly two weeks after Kevin McCarthy was stripped of his leadership. They still can't even pass a resolution condemning the Hamas attacks. It's starting to look like there is not one House Republican who can get 217 votes. Uh, Republican Congressman Austin Scott said the chaos, quote, makes us look like a bunch of idiots, unquote. Is he right? Well, I'll tell you what's right is under the Biden administration, we've seen chaos um, with inflation and the fact that people are You can't blame that on Biden. Seen... You can't blame this on Biden. No, you can't. Well, you have to let me finish. Okay. We have seen chaos with inflation. We've seen chaos with the lack of transparency in education. We've seen chaos on the border. We've seen chaos with crime on the streets. And now we're seeing chaos around the world. What I'm saying is... You can't fix Democrat chaos with Republican chaos. They need to get it together. They need to get in a room and figure out who this is going to be and come out unified. That's what Republicans need to do. This is not a good look. This is not good for our country. We saw what happened to Israel when they were distracted. America looks so distracted right now. When America's distracted, the world is less safe. We can't sit there and act like this is September 10th. We better get it together and remember what it felt like September 12th because we've got a lot of threats around us and a lot of chaos around us and we need some strength we need some stability and again i'll say we need a new generational leader to right this ship 